Episode number eight, how to set awesome 2018 goals and actually achieve them. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you so you can live Life Amplified. Hello and welcome back everybody to Life Amplified. Happy New Year. A brand new year, brand new intentions, brand new possibilities. It is so good to talk to you again. I know it's been a couple weeks since our last episode. For those of you who've been keeping track with my life on social media, and we've alluded to it a little bit on the podcast, I've gone through some pretty big life changes in my world uh, as I set myself up for 2018, which included moving away from Florida and coming to you from where I am at right now, which is in Ocean City, Maryland kind of desolate here. It's more of a summer beach town, but it is beautiful. I am looking out my window at the Atlantic Ocean right now as I talk to you. And this really completes the final big goal that I had for my life in 2017, which was to find a way to live on the beach and fall asleep listening to the ocean at night. This isn't what I had in mind for it to be 26 degrees today while I talk to you. (laughs) My Florida blood has not really acclimated to the Arctic cold that we're having right now in the winter along the East Coast. In fact, I'm wearing a winter hat and a scarf indoors as we record this episode, but it was amazing that a goal that I just put down on paper that once seemed unobtainable during the earlier part of the year has come to pass, and goal setting is what I want to talk to you about today. We all do it. We're not particularly successful at it. In fact, if you look at the statistics, only 8% of people listening to my voice right now will actually follow through and achieve their New Year's resolution that they set for themselves. Here's the other stats that are really disappointing. It turns out one in four people, 25% of people globally, will abandon their New Year's goals after the first week of the year. Let's be honest, how many of you are paying for a gym membership that you don't actually use anymore? You went in last year, you put down your membership, you're like, yeah, this is the year I'm going to get healthy. And it's always during that first week of the year that the gym is crowded. You'll also find this at any yoga studio that you go into. There's not even a place to put your mat in a yoga studio on the first of the year. You can't find a treadmill at the gym. And then by Super Bowl Sunday-ish, forget about it. The place is a ghost town. You have all the room that you want. We go in with the best of intentions, and then life gets in the way. You know, I I know back in my life, when I think back on when I was working in corporate America, I'd take that last week, 10 days off around the end of the year, and then I would come in around the first of the year and feel so overwhelmed by the projects that were in front of me and the new initiatives at work that I'd be like, oh, well, you know, I just signed up for this gym membership, but that's okay. I mean, I can, you know, in February when things slow down, then I'll get started. Maybe you're a person with a goal that you want to spend more time with your family and loved ones, and then all of a sudden you get really busy at work and focused on your career, and then it becomes, well, when the kids are out of school for summer vacation, I'll really be focused and I'll be more present as a parent, but February turns into spring break, and that turns into the summer, and that turns into the fall, and then for a lot of people, they're looking at December. December 1st and thinking, oh God, how do I lose this 30 pounds in 30 days that I promised myself? We keep kicking that can down the road and then next thing you know, another year has gone by. 
It's another 52 weeks of no action, more wasted time, more time putting off the things that matter most to us and not achieving our highest potential. So that is the conversation that I want to have with you today because I learned some very subtle shifts in goal setting strategy over the past year from some of my mentors that move me forward in a huge way. And, you know, when I talk to you about this, I want you to know I understand the struggle of not even feeling that self-respect because you're not achieving your goals. In fact, if I think back on Christmas of 2016, my life was in a completely different place than it is today. At that point, I was celebrating the one-year anniversary of my entrepreneurship and launching my coaching business. And most people will tell you that new businesses lose money for the first two years. And that wasn't the case for me. I mean, my small win was after all my expenses and the money I invested in my own training, I broke even in year one. So that was the good news. The bad news is, is I kept dipping into my savings account to keep myself afloat during the first 12 months. So really, at the end of that year of being a business owner, I had exhausted about 90% of the liquid money that I had in savings. It had evaporated. Now, there were a few investment accounts and some 401ks that I said I would never touch. As luck would have it, in January, I ended up having to tap into a couple of those accounts. But beyond that, beyond the financial stress, my family and friends, they just didn't get what I was doing. I remember last Christmas going back to my family's house in Virginia and really feeling passionate and excited about the work I was doing because all the clients that I was working with, even though I was way under charging for my services at that point, all my clients were getting huge results and making massive transformations. So I was editing this testimonial video of some of my clients talking about the success they had in working with me. And I was showing it to my family and I was just so excited to get them on board and help them understand what it is that I do. And, you know, my stepmother just didn't get it. She sipped a glass of wine and she looked at me thinking solely just about the financial situation I was in. And she just said, well, Daniel, you need to go get a job. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm sure I'm, I'm sure on some level it was there. She was saying that to protect me. But it was so disappointing feeling like I didn't have people who were elevating me and lifting me up and supporting me along my journey at that point. And it really caused a lot of overwhelm. When I looked at my goals, I was always this person with huge ambition, both in my corporate career and then as an entrepreneur. But I had so much ambition, but I didn't have the results at that point to match what I had in my mind. And that caused a lot of stress. It caused a lot of panic. And really, when you're in that fearful place, it causes paralysis. Because then you stop taking the bold, courageous action every day that you need to take in order to move forward. So it was a pretty, I don't want to say desperate. Maybe I will say desperate. Maybe that's what it was for me at that point. But here I am now, 52 weeks later, with a business that has gone through the roof. I've got huge success financially. I co-authored a book that debuted in the top 10 on Amazon. I launched this podcast, which debuted at number one on Apple, which I never even imagined or even set as a goal. That seems so unrealistic for me. And I'm booking these keynote speaking engagements where I get to travel and talk to companies and organizations and conventions about really creating emotional wealth to go with your financial wealth. 
Which, by the way, if you have an organization or a company that needs an inspiring speaker, log on to my website, creativesoulcoaching.net. You'll even see some testimonials up there from my dear friend Elvis Duran. I've had the opportunity to speak to their company and their team in the past, and it's been wonderful. But my life has just grew so much, and it really all happened within the span of six months. And it's not because I'm a wizard, and it's not because I've got some voodoo or black magic that's not available to you. I just shifted my approach and changed my strategy, and I had better results because of it. So that's what I really want to share with you today. Coming up today, I'm going to give you the five strategies I used to grow my business and to grow as a man. I'm going to give you the one hack that makes it 42% more likely that you'll actually achieve your goals this year. We're going to talk about the three pitfalls that you need to avoid, which will keep you stuck in 2018. And I don't know, whatever else comes to my mind. Let's dig in, shall we? These are the five tips to help you set awesome 2018 goals and actually achieve them. Step number one, you want to make a list of goals and you want to keep it small. You know, when I think back to my sad Charlie Brown Christmas in 2016, my list of goals at that point was like 12. You know, I had all these things I wanted to accomplish and the list was so big and the goals were so big, possibly unrealistic. I didn't know where to begin. I couldn't even figure out what is the first step to take to make this huge vision come to life. January through April or May, it really kept me spinning my wheels. I was sort of chasing the shiny new object and running in circles, but I never really felt like I was making progress. So what I would suggest to you is we want to cut down the list of goals to no more than five. What are the five big things that you want to accomplish that would help your life move forward in 2018? Here's another important aspect of this. We want to make sure the goals cover multiple areas of your life. You know, if you're a person who has just got five goals and it's all about your career or business, you may very well achieve all those goals. But if you're expending so much energy focused on your career, what you're going to realize is that your relationships are suffering. You're going to get less time with your family. There's probably going to be less enjoyment because there's no sense of play. You're working 60 hours a week. You know, if you're so focused on finding the relationship and finding the next person to be with, you might not be focused on your health. You might not be taking care of yourself every day. We don't want to have tunnel vision and get so hyper-focused on one area of our life. We really want to spread these goals around and take a holistic approach to goal setting and a holistic approach to success in 2018. Now, you can add additional goals onto the list as the year goes on, but you can only do that after you've achieved a goal and crossed it off the list. This is what will help you stay very focused and keep you focused on the prize that you seek. I'll tell you how I'm applying this into my life this year. Rather than setting a huge financial goal for the year, I've decided that I was going to micro chunk my goals down into smaller benchmarks. In fact, my goal for the first quarter of 2018 is to replicate my entire 2017 income by March 31st of this year. Now, I know that that sounds like a big stretch, but what's fascinating is of December 30th of 2017, when I'm recording this podcast for you, I'm already at about 40% of that goal, and the year hasn't even started yet. So once I cross that finish line by the end of March, once I make that number that I want for first quarter, I'll cross it off the list, and then maybe I'll make a bigger picture goal for my total revenue for 2018. Setting some smaller benchmarks for early in the year, and then crossing that off and taking 
a more expansive view is something that will keep you focused. Also, let me remind you, this does not mean that you can make five goals in your health, five goals in your career, five goals in your relationships. These are five big picture goals. What would be an extraordinary life for you? in 2018, what are the five things that need to happen? And then set those intentions for the year. The second tip to help you achieve your goals and actually reach them in 2018, be a smarty. My favorite Halloween candy, by the way, as a kid. Did you guys love Smarties? Like, it's funny. I have never done a drug in my life. I've never smoked pot. I've never done anything. I've never even smoked a cigarette. But you put a bowl of Smarties in front of me at Halloween, and I will grind that up and snort it through a straw right on my nose. (laughs) Those are so addictive. And here's what I mean by be a smarty when it comes to your goal setting. Now, many of you are probably familiar with the corporate approach, and they use this a lot in the startup world of setting smart goals. And at that soul-sucking, god-awful last corporate job that I took, they were an organization that focused on setting smart goals. In fact, what they would do with employees is the year-end bonuses that you would get were dependent on whether you hit your smart goals. But here's the problem that I found in that company. For many people that I managed and talked to, because the bonus was attached to it, they would take the smart goals and actually dumb them down into stupid goals because they would lower the bar for themselves and reduce the expectations that they had so that they could hit the bonus money easier. It was actually sort of counter to what the intended result was within the company. So at that point, I was so disgusted with SMART goals. However, I can tell you as an entrepreneur, I've really embraced this concept, but I've added two additional components at the end to turn them from SMART goals into SMARTY goals. So I'll run these down for you. Make sure you take out a pen and paper, or you can always go back and listen to this podcast later. Number one, your goals have to be specific. Specificity matters when setting goals. For instance, there are a lot of people that might have a goal in 2018 of, ugh, I just want to get out of this job that I hate. And that's fine. That's a fine intention. But it doesn't really call in what it is that you want to change at the next job. It could very well be that you replace the soul-sucking job that drains you every day with a job that's even worse. You know, a lot of people set a goal that just say, well, I just want to be happier. What would that look like? How would you even know you were happier? What would change in your life to create that benchmark? What would change in your life to even create that? You know, people say, I want to up my level of contribution to the world. Well, that's not very specific. How would you do that? Are you going to write a blog? Are you going to become a coach? Are you going to volunteer? Maybe start your own charity. We want to be very specific in the goal. You know, for me, I did not just set a goal that I wanted to launch a podcast. I set a goal that I wanted to create a weekly media platform that would be heard by millions of people. And I wanted to set an intention that I wanted to use my radio background as a way to promote that. And sure enough, uh, you know, my friends at iHeartRadio and the Elvis Duran Show have been instrumental in promoting my podcast on their show to 12 million people so that we could even find each other in the first place. So specific is the S in Smart Eagle. The M is it has to be measurable. You can't manage what you can't measure. I recently put a post on my Instagram feed asking people what they want to achieve 
in 2018 and you'd be surprised how many people just said, well, I want to lose weight. Well, of course you do. But how much weight do you want to lose? Do you just want to lose five pounds? Would you be happy with that? If you're a person who's 50 pounds overweight right now, my guess is, is you would beat yourself up if you only lost five pounds over the course of the year. You would use that as another reason to say, oh, I'm not good enough or it's never going to happen for me. There are some people who will lose 50 pounds, but it's just that they're going to gain and lose the same five pounds over and over 10 times over the course of the year. So we want to be measurable about this. What is the weight that you want to be at? You know, when I lost that 38 pounds in 90 days back in 2012, I wrote a letter to the universe. I got specific on the weight and the body fat that I wanted to be at. So being able to measure the goal is important. If you're a business owner, people say all the time, we want to create raving fans. How do you know that you've created raving fans? Is it based on the revenue? Is it based on the percentage of new business that you have come in over the course of the year? Is it based on how many people are promoting you on social media? Get clear and be able to measure the goal. The A in Smarty Goals is that it has to be actionable. This one is key. We really want an action-oriented verb to start the goal. I will earn this much money. I will quit smoking. You know, I will quit doing blank. I will finish blank project. We want to be action oriented. A lot of times, you know, we just create these goals and we make them about what we want to be. I want to be happier. I want to be inspired. Again, that doesn't even fall in with the being specific or measurable. So we want to make sure that we're just not talking about what we want to be, but what we're actually going to do. Create an action verb to start part of your goal. That is huge. Number four is the hardest one. And this is where I failed the hardest when I started out my business. The R in Smarty Goals stands for realistic. We want to create goals that are realistic, but we don't want to be too comfortable. If the goal is too easy, there's not going to be a huge level of satisfaction when we achieve it. Your ego will find a way to denigrate whatever you accomplished. Oh, well, anybody could do this. You know, I'm not special. I didn't really work that hard. When I started out my first year of business, I saw this story about Jim Carrey, and and he was talking about this on Oprah, that he wrote a check to himself for $10 million when he was struggling as an actor and just making no money and struggling doing stand-up comedy. And he wrote a check for $10 million for acting services rendered, and he dated it when he wanted it to happen. And for him, I think he had dated it three, four, five years into the future. And he had kept this thing in its wallet until it totally deteriorated and fell apart. And sure enough, within a week of the date that he set on that check is when he got his first $10 million offer to star in a movie. That totally inspired me. I was like, yeah, I want to do that. So I sat down, having launched a business with only one client at that point, and I wrote myself a check for $275,000 payable one year from that day for coaching services rendered. The only problem is, is as much as I knew how to coach, as much as I knew how to deliver value and help people solve problems, I didn't really know how to market myself. I didn't even have a website at that point. I didn't know anything about Facebook ads. I didn't know about copywriting. I didn't really know how to explain what I did to people. Life coaching and transformational coaching is a harder concept. It's not like being a personal trainer where you tell people, oh, I help you lose weight. It's a little more ethereal. So needless to say, that was the area I had to grow during year one. And in my first 12 months, I came nowhere near that goal 
that I set for myself, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to accomplish it in the future. I very much believe I will. But I wasn't really being realistic about what I could accomplish in the first year of business. And that's what you have to look at as well. You want to have a degree of realism, but you also want to stretch yourself beyond your comfort zone. What is the income that you want to earn this year? Maybe write that down and then go another 20% beyond it. Push yourself because your goals should scare you. A lot of times we think that we'll take action when we're not feeling afraid, but there's no lasting satisfaction in achieving easy goals that anybody could do. This is about you becoming the best version of yourself and pushing yourself to be more than you can be, but we also don't want to set a goal that is so huge that it's just another reason to beat ourselves up and judge ourselves. So figure out what is the realistic goal for you and then go another 20, if you really want to overachieve, 25% beyond that. So those are the first four areas of SMARTY goals. Specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and the T stands for time-stamped. You have to create a deadline for these goals. And here is a mistake that a lot of people do. They'll create five to six goals for the year, and they set them all to be due on December 31st. That doesn't create a huge sense of immediacy in your life. And this is a great way to ensure that you'll just screw around through April or May thinking, oh, I have plenty of time to reach my goals. And then next thing you know, it's November and you haven't made any progress and you tell yourself, "Uh, I'll just put it off till next year. This is a big reason why on my list of goals for this year financially for my business, I didn't put one huge number for the entire year. I started out with what I want to do in the first quarter. And then from there, I know that I can course correct and adjust. When do you want to lose the weight by? If you want to lose 20 pounds, are you going to tell yourself that you have to do it by October? Because that's not going to get you motivated to get up in the gym right now. That's not going to help you push through the resistance to start learning how to eat healthier and meal plan. What if you could lose that 20 pounds by the end of April? That's entirely doable. That might get you to go sign up for a personal trainer or stick to the gym membership. So those are the five areas of traditional SMART goals in corporate America. I think that there's two other components, though, that are being missed. And I know just based on my journey, I've added these on, and I would love for you to consider these as you set your intentions for the new year. The I in SMARTY goals is that the goals have to inspire you. How often have you been a person who has set goals for your family, for your spouse, you've done things to please other people, your church, your community, but the goals don't really resonate for you. You have to be inspired by what you do. You have to be so lit up and so committed to your vision that it's going to keep you motivated when you have a setback along the way. Because the setbacks are going to be inevitable. I will teach you how to goal set all day, but there's going to be days when there's a challenge. There's going to be times when things didn't work out like you want or you get bad news. But having that inspiration, truly feeling inspired about your goals is what's going to help you pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and keep marching forward. So that is the I. You must be inspired. And here is the seventh and final component of what I call Smarty Goals. They have to be exclusive. And here's what I mean by that. You don't want to share them with everybody in your life. You know, I was so excited about the work that I was doing when I launched my coaching business, and I wanted everybody in my life to know how I was stepping into my purpose and how I wanted to change the world. But the problem is, is I realized I had a lot of people in my life that weren't really conscious. They weren't really embracing any sort of spiritual path, and they mocked what I was doing. They told me why it wasn't possible. They told me why it was a bad idea, why I should delay it five years into the future. And when you're in that energy of people, 
people who doubt you, eventually you're going to start doubting yourself. So for me, I really had to set boundaries. I don't talk about my goals and my mission with a lot of people anymore. Although, you know, I've shared some of this with you, but I believe you're a person on the path. When we talk about setting goals that inspire you, your goals actually should also make you an inspiration to other people. That's how you know that you're living in your purpose. I used to resent that concept a lot. I first heard Brendan Burchard talk about that, and it seems so self-serving to me. Like, who am I to be a role model for other people? But it's really not about me at the end of the day, and your goals really aren't about you. It's truly about you showing what's possible to your family, your kids, your friends, so that they'll step into their purpose and do the same. But... In the meantime, until you reach those goals, really keeping it closed off to a small circle of either mentors, a coach you work with, other friends who are on the path, who believe in you, who are maybe working towards something similar. You know, I've got a couple running buddies right now in my business. I'm going to shout out my buddy Megan Riley, who is just sort of wandered into my life through my mentorship group. And she and I are in contact on a daily basis, pushing each other to go forward because we have a huge desire to serve and to increase our income and our impact in the world in 2018. So we'll goal set together all day. In fact, one of our goals is that we are going to book a vacation in Bermuda on December 29th of 2018 to go toast and celebrate our success. So she's been an awesome friend and somebody who's become a confidant. And I only hope that you find the same thing in your life moving forward. So those are the seven steps to setting smarty goals. They must be specific, measurable, actionable, realistic. That doesn't mean comfortable. Time bound. They must inspire you and you have to keep them exclusive when it comes to who you share with. The third step that will help push you forward and help you create awesome goals that you'll actually achieve in 2018, write them down. We don't really take pen to paper for much of anything in in the world anymore. We make notes on our iPhone. We post Facebook statuses. We create inspirational memes, but there is actually something about writing the goals down which creates a huge shift. I don't know if it's that you're mentally more engaged, that your body is into the goal setting because you're, you have a pen in your hand and you're really exerting effort to write it down. I don't know why that is, but I will tell you that it was in July or no, maybe the end of June of this year when I actually started writing down my five key goals every night in my journal. That was the first time around the end of June that I said, I'm going to hit a $15,000 month in revenue. And sure enough, I did that within 45 days. You know, as my book was being ready to be released, I wrote down, this will become a best-selling book. And it happened. And there is science to back this up, by the way, believe it or not. I know sometimes it's easy to listen to these podcasts and be like, oh, this woo-woo MFR. (laughs) He's given me all this ethereal garbage. But Dominican University in California did a study on this topic. And what they learned is that by writing your goals down, it makes it 42% more likely that you'll actually achieve them. And what's interesting is that statistic holds up regardless whether or not you actually go back and revisit the goals over the course of the year. So this is such an easy step that you can implement today as soon as this podcast is over. But will you actually follow through and do it? There's a lot of things that we know are good for us. We know when we don't eat sugar and eat crap food that we'll feel healthier, but we don't always follow through. It's funny. I just realized this in my life. I was at an 11-day retreat with my mentor in my mentorship group in Arizona where 
all the food was covered, but they had cut gluten out of our diet. There was no sugar and there was no dairy. And what was fascinating is at the end of the 11 days, I felt like a new human being. Like I was waking up an hour before my alarm even went off feeling energized and ready. I wasn't in that fog in the morning by cutting out the sugar. So I came back after that retreat and I was on fire. I was like, I am laying off sugar. I'll do fruits, you know, low glycemic stuff like apples, berries. But I was like, no more crap sugar anymore. And then all of a sudden, a couple days before Christmas, I walked into a Starbucks and I realized that they were serving snickerdoodle hot cocoa, which was just totally unfair, by the way. I'll give you a hint here about your boy Dan Mason. I love me some snickerdoodle and I'm going to have a hot take. I'm even going to be controversial. Snickerdoodle, a top three cookie for me. That goes right up there with chocolate chip and peanut butter, y'all. Like really, those three cookies are like having Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Kevin Durant on the same basketball team if you're the Golden State Warriors. Like you can win a championship with those three cookies. So you combine snickerdoodle with the hot cocoa. I was like, oh, God, I'm off the wagon. And then, of course, for the next three days after that, I was going back to Starbucks getting another snickerdoodle hot cocoa. I knew that it wasn't good for me, but yet I fell off the wagon. So I'll course correct. I'll get back on track here in the month of January. But we have to actually follow through and do the things that we know are good for us. So write your goals down on paper. And this dovetails perfectly into step number four to help you achieve your goals in 2018. I believe you need to revisit them daily. Now, there are some people in the personal development space that'll be like, no, you can look at them once a week and it'll keep you focused. I can tell you when everything changed in my life, the podcast, the book, doubling my income, it all happened within six months. And it's because I revisited my goals and looked at them every day. Now, we've given you some strategies in the past in other episodes on how to do that. Friend of the podcast, Chris Lee, he talked about developing a vision board and doing visualization. That is a wonderful strategy. I've used it myself. However, I know other people that take their goals and create them into graphics that they use as screensavers on their computer. So literally, every time you sit down behind your computer, the first thing that you see are your goals and you can mentally check in. How am I doing on that weight loss? How am I doing with putting myself out there for a new relationship? How am I doing in my career? I know other people have tried this. I did it last year and it was not as effective for me was creating my goals and turning it into wallpaper on my cell phone and I don't even know how people pull that off I've got so many friggin apps on my cell phone I could never actually read the goals so but if you can make that work in your life God bless you go ahead one other approach that you can do is print out your goals on a sheet of paper and then frame it in a very elegant frame and put it up either in your office or somewhere where you can look at it every day. But we want you not just setting the goals, but revisiting them, keeping them top of mind. In my life, the most effective way has been at the end of journaling every night when I do my gratitude journaling, I write down the five big goals that I'm committed to bringing to life in the next six months. And it really leads me to my fifth action step because having a to be list of what you want to accomplish and who you want to be is great, but you also need that to-do list because that's the last thing that I journal every night. What are three action steps that I could take either in the next day or in the coming days to make that vision happen? They can be small action steps. 
It might just be, hey, I'm going to not hit snooze and I'm going to get up and exercise in the morning. For me, it might be I'm going to get up at 5.30 and just create content. I'm going to write. I'm going to send an email out to my database. But one action step every day, even if I don't get to all three of the action steps, I make sure I do one of them. Think about that over the course of a month. That's 30 new action steps. How closer could you get to writing that book you've always talked about? How closer could you get to launching the business that you want? How close could you get into saving money in 2018 if you resolve that you're going to brew your own coffee in the morning and not spend $5 on the Venti Snickerdoodle hot cocoa at Starbucks? So one action step every day. Life mastery doesn't happen by committing to it once a week, once a month, when the kids go to bed. You got to be able to put yourself in your dreams first. Those are the five steps to take your goals and bring them to life. We want to make a list of no more than five goals. We want to set them in that smarty format that I discussed. You want to write them down, revisit them daily, and you want to take one action step on your to-do list every single day. So what will keep you stuck? What are the pitfalls that are going to keep you from abandoning this vision? Well, I'll fill you in on three that have happened to me in the past. Number one, and we alluded to this a little bit earlier, you set all your goals in one area of your life. Your life will become unbalanced if you do that. There are seven components that I believe make up our overall well-being. There is our health both physical and emotional. You know, are you exercising enough? Are you moving your body? But also, what are the emotions you're feeling every day? Really, the quality of your life is about the quality of emotions. Do you wake up just feeling heavy with a lot of anxiety? Are you constantly nervous and scared about the day ahead? Or are you a person that wakes up energized, determined to go out there and make a difference, to use your gifts in the world? Health. What are your goals for your health? Family and friends. And I know, like, look, family can be super triggering around the holidays, and I've even gone through it in some places where I've had to set boundaries, maybe not even as loving and effectively as I should have. But what are the quality of the relationships around you? Even if it's not your family, are you surrounded by people who uplift you, who inspire you, who tell you to take that extra step? who really see the value and potential in you. Do your relationships energize you or do they deplete you? That's something to consider when you're goal setting with family and friends. How about love? It doesn't mean you need to be in a relationship. I don't think anybody needs to be in one. But if you are, is it passionate or are you living like roommates? Are you communicating well or are you not expressing your needs? If you're single, are you living open-heartedly? Are you sharing love with the people around you? And really, you know, being mindful of the energy that you bring to each interaction every day. What about your purpose? Have you discovered it yet? Are you bringing it to life? Do you know what your mission is? Or are you just running on the hamster wheel doing a lot of work but nothing that you really care about? That's a component to your life. Your finances. How does that look? Do you have enough money to pay the bills? Do you have enough money to take care of yourself and the people that matter to you? Do you have the money to contribute to the causes you believe in? That was a huge thing for me in 2017 was upping my level of contribution. Really making sure I take between 5 and 10% of what I earned every month and donating it to charity. For me, I did a lot with Feeding America. More recently, I've been getting involved with a group called Charity Water. And uh, we're going to be talking to the founder coming up this year on the podcast. I'm so excited for you to meet this guy. The work that they do to bring clean drinking water to people, it makes me almost cry thinking about it. Can't wait to tell you more about that. 
What about your hobbies? Do you have something away from the office that you enjoy? For me in my life, it's actually performing. I was a musical theater major in college at one point, and I've made a committed decision every year for the past three years to get back on stage and perform. You know, shout out to my friends at 8 O'Clock Theater in uh, Largo, Florida. I was just in their production of Monty Python's Spamalot last year and it was a blast and I met some incredible people and it was just so much fun to go up on stage and be goofy and be childish and play and sing and dance in front of audiences every night. That's my hobby. What is yours though? Maybe it's sports. Maybe it's playing tennis. Maybe it is yoga. Maybe it's travel or hiking, but making sure that you have the time in your schedule to engage with that this year. And finally, spirituality. What is your connection to your highest self and what is that for you? Is it God? Is it the universe? Is it Buddha? Is it Allah? Even if you're an atheist, I mean, you're somebody who probably believes in nature or believes in life. I'm not here to force any belief system on you, but you need to have something that you're connected to beyond yourself. If you scored yourself on a scale of 1 to 10 in those seven areas, what are the five areas where you're scoring lowest? My advice to you would be to really focus on those areas in 2018, develop them more. And the risk is, is if you don't, like I said, you become a person. General Motors was guilty of this, actually. This is why they needed that federal bailout back in the day. But in 2002, GM wanted to hit 29% market share in the United States again, which they had not done, I believe, in decades. And they were so hyper-focused on that one goal, they started making bad decisions in other areas of the business. Laying off employees or doing things here just to hit the 29% number. And then they went bankrupt. They needed a government bailout to escape from that. That's an example of what happens when you get so focused on one particular goal that you're not looking at the bigger picture. The second trap that'll keep you stuck, and that is delusion. I've been guilty of this one. Some in my life tell me I'm still guilty of it. But to them, I say, we'll see about that. Come talk to me in 12 months. Let's see where my life is. But making sure that you're not setting unrealistic expectations for yourself. Tony Robbins talks about this. He says, most of us overestimate what we can do in one year, but we underestimate what we could do in a lifetime. Be gentle with yourself. And know, by the way, it's possible you might not hit all five goals. And it doesn't mean you're a piece of garbage. And there's going to be times when you fall off track and you get sad or uh, life gets in the way and things are going on. But the biggest way to make sure you stay stuck is to sit there and dwell on how stuck you are. Pick yourself back up. Just find that one next right action step. And number three, the thing that will keep you stuck, you've heard me talk about this before. Maybe it sounds like a broken record, but I believe in this and it's something that I have invested heavily in in my own life. You need to have a mentor or an accountability partner to help you reach the goals. You need to find somebody who has achieved what you want, learn how they did it, and model their success. That mentor can also serve as an accountability partner for you to make sure that your feet are held to the fire, that you're following through, that you're staying consistently aligned toward your vision. And so often what happens is, is we look for accountability partners, but they're people who have no idea what it is we're trying to create. Tony Robbins actually talks about this story. He was a guest on The View one time, and he was going to talk about New Year's goals, and he went back, and it was all the women on the show at the time, which I think were like Barbara Walters, Whoopi Goldberg, Joy Behar. They they were all talking about, Tony, we're going to get in really great shape together. We're going to go work out together every morning before the show, and Tony expertly pointed out, he goes, this plan will never work. He goes, you can't do that. He goes, look at you. You're three women who are not in particularly good shape. You're not really going to be able to hold each other accountable 
accountable and be a way shower for the other people to work out. What you need is to go find a personal trainer. Find somebody who's crushing it, who's going to kick your butt in the gym and help you get in shape. But we do this all the time where we settle for the proximity advice. You know, we look for our parents to tell us how to start a business if the parents never started a business. You know, we look for dating advice from the friends who can't seem to get a relationship off the ground or maintain one beyond two to three months. Make sure you're getting that expert mentorship in your life. And in doing so, you can avoid these other pitfalls. You'll have somebody who sees your blind spots. I hope this message serves you today. And I would love to hear from you. What I would love for you to do is once you create your big goals for 2018 using this strategy that we discussed, I would love if you joined my private online Facebook group for the Life Amplified Power Tribe. Such a beautiful community of people from all over the world who are loving the podcast and post your goals in there. You know, when you talk about creating a community of people who will support you, uh, I just love what is happening in that group. There are people starting to connect with one another and really vulnerably share what's going on in their life. It's a closed group, by the way, so it's not public. It's a really safe place for you to come up and do that. You can find that group facebook.com slash groups slash life amplified and I'm in there every single day so it's a chance for you and I to interact personally and I can support you as you set forth this vision for 2018. By the way, I have a couple VIP coaching spots left for January and it's not too late for you to throw your name into the hat. We're taking applications right now at my website creativesoulcoaching.net I have a variety of different coaching packages at different investment levels, something you might be interested in if you are serious, like if you are committed that this is the year everything is going to change in your life. I have never offered this before, by the way, but I'm offering you a 12-month mentorship where you and I are really going to work side by side through the year to make sure that you achieve your goals. So there's over 100 touch points over the course of 2018 for you and I to connect. And I'm only opening this up to two people, by the way. If you sign up today, if you commit to a 12-month program, I will even throw in a free bonus. I will take you as my guest to hang out with my mentor and my tribe, who supports me at Mastin Kipp's Claim Your Power personal development retreat coming up this summer. Now, I don't know if they're going to do that in Arizona or whether they're going to do it in Los Angeles, but it is a life-changing four days. The tickets for this event usually go in the neighborhood of $2,000, but I will cover that expense for you. You just have to pay for your airfare and your hotel, but you're going to come hang out, and that is the level of service and commitment I want to give to you if you are really serious. 12 months signing up going, this is the year it all changes. We can talk more about that. You can go to my website, creativesoulcoaching.net for the info. Also got some amazing guests that we're lining up for 2018, including Oprah Winfrey. Not that Oprah has confirmed that or that Oprah even knows who I am, but this is part of my goal setting. I'm going to speak that into existence that Oprah is going to be on Life Amplified this year. So if Oprah, you're listening, girl, you know how to get a hold of me. And if anybody knows Oprah, 
Tell her about my podcast. I think it's a pretty good one. Thank you so much for being here. Don't forget, guys, get those goals written down. Don't be a person who consumes inspiring content and says, I'll get around to it later. Let's end the procrastination today. Get those goals written down. Share them with me and our Life Amplified Power Tribe, the private group up on Facebook. And don't forget, we'll be back every Tuesday moving forward. I have got an amazing new producer who is keeping me on schedule, Matt Hayes. Thank you so much for joining my team and helping bring this show to life. I can't wait to serve you guys further in 2018. In the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity. Turn up the volume on your purpose. 2018 is the year to live life amplified. I'll talk to you next time.